Hi, my name is Miri and welcome to My Weird Brain. So today I wanted to talk, to introduce myself a little bit. I am gluten-free and dairy-free. I love stories of all kinds, but probably movies most, as my most best beloved. Um, and I love genre fiction within those stories. I love unicorns and the color purple. And I used to love the color pink when I was like six years old. And then at some point I decided that wasn't grown up anymore. And so I am rediscovering my relationship to the color pink. Uh, and tarot cards and hypnosis and writing and I've got ADHD. And that's probably why I think of my brain as a ball of string. Um, see, my husband, he can like put things in boxes and he'll pull out the box for thinking about his job. And while he is in that box, that's like the only thing that he's thinking about. He's just thinking about his job. But then he puts the job box away and he's able to pull out the board games box. And then all he thinks about is board games. And then he puts that box away and he pulls out the one where it's pay the bills or, you know, whatever. And, oh my God, I wish my brain worked like that. I've got a giant ball of string and it's just one big ball of string that has all the different colors on there. And if you're not careful, you start going down this piece of string, but then all of a sudden you're on this thought over here and you're looping around that way. And then all of a sudden that leads to this one over here and that one and that one. And then like all of a sudden you started out talking about teacup poodles. And by the end of it, you're wondering about what is at the center of a star. And I know if you study astronomy, you already know the answer to that, but I don't like it's hydrogen, I think. I don't know. Anyway, so that's kind of like what I mean by my brain of string. Um, and that's totally an ADHD thing. Like people also call it busy brain, but I like the idea of it being a ball of string better. So that's kind of what I'm planning to talk about in this. Not balls of string, obviously. I mean, I hope that's obvious, but rather just talking about <laughs> whatever happens to attach itself to this particular ball of string in this particular color right now. So having said all of that, I guess like what I'd like to start with is the first thing that I started with because I took notes to remind myself what I started with, um, which is being gluten-free and dairy-free. And I read this book by Dr. Nick Walker. Uh, the book is called Neuroqueer, and it's about it's about neurodiversity, but um, with a specific focus on autism. And I don't necessarily have autism, although I do think that I like live next door and use their pool every so often. But I do. I did relate to a lot of some parts of the book. Um, and because like, it seems like the neurodiverse community, there's like stuff that we all have. And anyway, so 
Dr. Walker was talking about the idea of, uh, so like in the disabled community, there's a big discussion, which is mostly settled, but like this discussion still happens, where there's a difference between um, person first language versus condition first language. And the people who promote the person first language are saying, well, this condition doesn't define the person and you need to see the person before you just see that they have whatever condition it is. But most disabled people, and I'm not saying all, this is why there's an ongoing discussion about it, but a lot of disabled people have come forward with the idea that it does define them, actually, and it does shape their lives, and it is inextricable from their lives. And because of this, because it does form such an important part of their lives, that it is okay, if not necessary, to put that first. So you could say person with a disability or you could say disabled person. And so the folks that feel like it does define them want it to be called that they are disabled person. Um, Because, you know, and and this can be true, like, I'm, I'm not in the physical disability community. So I'm not going to speak for them. I'm just saying that that is the conversation that's happening. But what I will say is that I have a medical condition, which forces me to eat gluten and dairy free food. And that does affect every aspect of my life. You know, because it affects my finances, it affects my socializing, it affects my family and how I'm able to relate to my family. It is absolutely something that is significant. And it's really funny because a lot of times people think, oh, well, you're on a diet. It's not that bad. And like being on a diet is like you you have to go through this hard period and then you get your result and you're done, right? But being on a gluten-free diet for medical reasons or a dairy-free diet for medical reasons, it's not just about you have to do this for a little while and then you have your result. You've lost weight or you feel better or whatever. It's forever, you know? And it does affect you forever. And it changes it changes you significantly. All of a sudden, you have to figure out which restaurants you can eat at safely. And if you're at go, if all of your friends are going to a restaurant that you cannot eat safely at, what do you do? Do you not hang out with your friends? Do you not eat? Because eating is such a significant part of the human experience, you know? And it's certainly something that is linked strongly with socializing. There are so many social events. 
I mean, even just going to work, if they're having a meeting, they're going to bribe you with donuts or bagels, or they're going to take you out to drinks for a job well done or to meet people, you know, dating. I mean, like religion, all of these things. Food is so much a part of all of that. And when you can't enjoy the same food as everybody else, does that mean that you're not a part of things anymore? You know, are you, do you no longer belong in your friend group because you can't eat with them? And I think like there are some people who just don't understand that, but I also think that there are some people who just don't care. And I kind of feel like those are not people that I want to be friends with, you know, if they don't care about my medical condition. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that I like have mobility or issues or anything like that, but it's still, this is something that definitely shapes my life. And it, it changes who I'm friends with and it changes what restaurants I can go to and what I can buy at the grocery store and who can cook for me. Am I the only one who's ever cooking for me because I'm the only one who knows how to make it safely? That means that if somebody else wants to cook for me, I have to teach them how. So yeah, like I like this idea that the condition is such an important part of who you are. It is so intrinsic to who you are that it shouldn't be person first. Then this is my opinion. I'm not saying for anybody else. This is just for me, but I am a gluten-free person. I am a dairy-free person. And so that was just my thoughts on that. And I don't know. I like... I read a thing um, from, like, I took a course from Leonie Dawson, and she was talking about, like, do a podcast. And so I figure I will do a podcast, and you will get to find out just exactly how weird my brain can get. (laughs) So that's everything that I'm talking about today. And I, I don't know. Maybe I'll see you around in a couple days and I'll talk about something else. Anyway, thanks for stopping by.